0: If you have your Bible with you, and I hope you do, please turn to Colossians chapter 3 this morning. We're in the middle of a study that is called Christ Above All from the New Testament letter of the book of Colossians, which is a book, first of all, all about exalting Jesus Christ above all as creator, sustainer, and Lord of all things. And second, it's a book that's all about instructing us as those who have trusted in Jesus Christ and found that forgiveness we've just sung about. How to live in light of the fact that we now know Jesus Christ to be the supreme and sufficient one. You see, to live a Christian life for the glory of God means to recognize authority. This is one of the core concepts of Christianity. What sets us apart from the unbelieving, unredeemed world. A believer is someone who has come to recognize the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and to submit to him. In fact, the very moment our new life began was a moment of recognizing and submitting to authority. Up until that point, our lives as unbelievers, as those who were cut off from the life of Christ, was marked, as 2 Peter 2.10 says, by a spirit of despising authority. As Proverbs 17 verse 11 says, we in our unredeemed state sought only rebellion. But then when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, we received from Jesus Christ suddenly an understanding of his wonder and his work, and by his grace we surrendered and submitted ourselves to his saving sovereignty. It is in this way that every single one of us who are born again were born again. It is by receiving a spirit of humility and submission to authority in Christ. That is how we received the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, that is how we exalt the Lord Jesus Christ from the moment of our salvation on. See, as the rest of humanity follows the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, as Ephesians two two says... And as the rest of the world spends their lives despising both the authority of Jesus Christ and every lesser authority that he has instituted, And as the rest of the world seeks after only rebellion against the God-ordained institutions of marriage, family, church, workplace, and government, and we see it in our world today, we as Christians shine as lights in this world by freely submitting to Jesus Christ and to every lesser authority that he has instituted. It is in this way that we show the world that Jesus Christ is above all. And so to that end, Paul writes this passage from Colossians chapter 3:18 into chapter four verse one, in order to outline for us how we as Christians ought to behave properly within each one of these God-ordained institutions. He writes it so that we would know, as verse 17 of chapter three states, "How to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus for His honor and for His glory." In verses 18 through 19, we learn how to exalt Christ in your marriage, first as a wife and then as a husband. Then in verses 20 through 21, we learn how to exalt Christ in your family, first as a child and then as a parent. And then finally, in in chapter 3, verse 22, on into chapter 4, verse 1, we learn how to exalt Christ in your vocation, in your workplace, first as an employee and then as an employer. Paul takes each of those three major institutions and he shows us how to behave in each one of them for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ because exalting Jesus Christ above all is more than singing songs on Sunday morning it is living your entire life beneath his authority and lordship so over the next uh, over the last two weeks we've already studied how to exalt Christ in your marriage there in verses 18 through 19 starting today we're going to consider how to exalt Christ in your family in verses 20 through 21 and today we'll consider how to exalt Christ in your family as a child, as a child. So with that in, your, in our minds, let's read Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 18 on into chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these words, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives And do not be harsh with them. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Lest they become discouraged. Verse 22. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of God which we do not stray from, even in the midst of the snares of the wicked. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word we thank you for the opportunity we have to study it this morning, and we thank you that you have given us the resources to understand the things that you have freely given to us here. We thank you for the presence of your Spirit this morning that is at work. And we do pray, Father, that as your Word is taught, pray that the Spirit would accompany the preaching of your Word today with power, with conviction, with encouragement, so that, Father, we would live lives in our families for the honor and glory of Jesus because we recognize Christ cannot be Lord of our homes until he is Lord of our hearts so capture our hearts today father we pray for the honor of your son Jesus in all things we ask this in Jesus name amen so if Christ is above all then you and I should live like it. And that means we need to understand what it means to first exalt Christ in our marriages, and second, how to exalt Christ in our families. And that's in verses 20 through 21. And here Paul breaks down the family life and unit in terms of its two major roles. In verse 20, he's going to teach us how to exalt Christ when we occupy the role of a child. And then in verse 21, he's going to teach us how we are to exalt Christ when we occupy the role of a parent. And so first, let's consider together as a church this morning how to exalt Christ in your family as a child. In verse 20, Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases pleases the Lord. Now the very first thing we should determine from this verse is, if we're to apply it properly, is who is God addressing when he says children? In our culture, the definition of who a child is is somewhat nebulous. We don't just have children and adults, right? As I was looking up how age demographics are broken down on the internet this week, you start off as a newborn, then as an infant, then as a toddler, then as a preschooler, then as a child, then as an adolescent, then as a tween, then as a teen, then as a young adult, and then finally you become an adult. And when does that transition from childhood to adulthood actually happen? Does it happen at the age of 18, 21, 24? Nobody knows, right? Because we think in our minds, the designation of children and adults is based solely on age, entirely on age. And it doesn't. Biblically, this is probably one of the most countercultural things I'll teach in this church. Biblically, the designation of child and adult has everything to do not with age, but with responsibility. A word most of us don't even like to hear. See, the word for children here is techna in the Greek. It's a term that actually refers generally just to an offspring or a descendant of any age. But more specifically, it refers usually to a person or an individual that's still living under parental authority, oversight, and support. You see this by how the word is used over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 12. And so that's who a child is. It is, it is anyone who is still living under parental authority, oversight, and support. In other words, if you are living by means of your parents' support, biblically, you are a child. So contrary to what our culture teaches, you don't magically stop being a child when you get your driver's license. Or when you turn 18 or 21 or some magical number or when you go away to college, especially if your parents are paying for your way through. You stop being a child when you establish your own independence and your own life and really the beginning of your own family unit out from under the authority, oversight, and support of your parents. But until that moment comes, as long as you are living in their home, under their leadership, under their roof, as it were, or as long as you are living off of their financial and physical support, this verse applies to you no matter your age. If you seek to exalt Christ above all in your position, biblically as a child, then God says to you, Obey your parents in everything. Obey, that is hupa in the Greek. It is a compound word that means to keep your ear open with submissive intent. So that is what it means to obey. Children, keep your ear open with submissive intent. Listen, children. Listen, parents. Obedience begins how? By listening disobedience always begins how by not listening that is why scripture is packed so full of so many commands to listen here's just a few from proverbs proverbs 1 verse 8 hear my son your father's instructions and forsake not your mother's teaching why it's because obedience begins with hearing Or again, Proverbs 2, verse 1, My son, receive my words. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Why? Because obedience begins with hearing. Or again, Proverbs 4, verse 1, Hear, O sons of fathers' instructions, and be attentive that you may may gain insight. Why? Because wisdom, obedience, begins with hearing. Or again, finally, Proverbs 23, verse 22, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your Mother, wisdom and obedience begins with a heart of listening. Folly and disobedience begins with turning the ear off. And this is true, by the way, not only when it comes to obeying parents, this is true when it comes to obeying God. That's why James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And that's why Jesus said over and over again in the Gospels, he who has ears to what? Hear, let him hear. Why is this emphasized so much in Scripture? It is because you can determine the spiritual condition of a person's heart by how well they are listening. That's why Jesus said in John 8, 47, whoever is of God hears the words of God when they're given. And again, Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. All of us should consider this morning, how well am I listening, particularly to the word of God, or have I turned myself away from it? Because this is where obedience begins, with the heart of hearing, with the heart of listening. And if this is true of earthly children, how much more true is it of heavenly children? So let me encourage you parents in your parenting, keep an eye out on your young children's listening skills because it shows where their heart is in terms of obedience. Your aim is not to have to yell at your children repeatedly or even to have to raise your voice in order to get them to listen to you. Your aim is to discipline them and instruct them to such a degree that they continually keep an ear out for your voice when you call. So that even if they're on the other side of the house, or here's a convicting one, even if they're engaged in a really good book or video game, right? the moment they hear your voice, what happens? They come. They come. Now, why is this important? Now, let me step back from that parenting principles. Why is that so important? Is it so that you can show all of your friends how you can make your kids jump through hoops? No, that's not why. No, it is so that when God comes calling upon the heart of your child, they know exactly what to do because they have been trained by how to respond to the authority of their parents. So that when God comes calling, they come running, just like Samuel did in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 4 through 10. When Samuel, when he heard the word of God speaking to him as a child, out of disciplined habit and daily practice, he arose and he ran immediately saying, here I am for you called me. Is not that what you want, parent, for your child when God speaks to them? This is not about you. This is about the glory of Christ. And obedience begins with a heart of listening. So a heart of listening in your child begins now towards you parents so that one day they might show that same heart towards God. Obedience begins with a heart of listening. And so young people, and you know who you are this morning as I speak to you, keep your ear open to your parents' voice. And when they call you, come running. Quickly answer. Quickly obey. If your parents have to tell you to do things repeatedly, before it even registers in your brain, if they have to tell you repeatedly to do something before you actually carry it out in obedience, then you're not obeying God the way he calls on you to obey him for the glory of Christ. So I want to encourage you children to consider yourself. How are you doing in your listening and obedience skills? Because this is what you will want to do for Jesus for the rest of your life. Obedience begins with a heart of listening. So listen to what God has to say to you. Listen to your parents. And then, when you, out of a listening heart, hear your parents' voice, God says you are to obey them. Notice what? Nobody wants to say it. (laughs) In everything. In everything. Now, obviously, if your parent ever tells you to do something that God forbids or forbids you to do something that God commands in those moments, you need to obey God rather than man. That is what Acts 5, 29 teaches. Obviously, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you only want to do what pleases him, as as Paul even says at the end of this verse, right? But outside of that obvious exception, if your parents aren't asking you to disobey Scripture, then you are to obey them in everything. Not just obey them, notice, when you feel like it. Or obey them when it makes sense to you. Obey them in everything. And this obviously takes an act of faith that I'm going to trust that Jesus Christ is over even my parents' instructions for the day. Obey them in everything. Now, this can feel feel rough, okay? This is where I want to be real. This can feel rough when you're in high school. This can seem almost unbearable in college, and this can seem downright torturous afterwards. Trust me, I get it right? And prayerfully, your parents get that too, right? Prayerfully, they understand that their job is to equip you for life and to actually train you to take on more and more responsibility as you grow older so that you're ready when you leave the household, right? And prayerfully, they are doing so more and more and more as you grow older, that they're being wise and skillful and aren't misusing their delegated authority over you. I get all that. I'll be speaking on that next week, okay? But for you today, until God equips you, to be able to live on your own and be able to support your own life and your lifestyle. Until then, God is calling you to follow him in faith in this way by obeying your parents in everything. Now, can this be hard and painful at times as an older child? Yes. I too have felt this pain. Can this command to obey your parents in everything be an intense trial of faith in your life? Yes, absolutely. I myself have had my faith strongly tested in this area as an older child in my high school and college years. I could tell you many stories, but I can't because my parents are here this morning with us. (laughs) And finally, will other people your age who don't take Christ's command here seriously Will they understand your continued obedience to your parents, even as an older child that is still reliant on their financial and physical support? Will they understand? Not a chance. I've experienced this as well. But you know what? I want to encourage you, young followers of Christ, that the testing of your obedience will first perfect your faith, and second, it will make you grateful for when God does equip you to step out on your own. And that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Now one final thing I want to say to parents, because this biblical teaching is so contrary to our current culture, before I move on, parents, this is the flip side of this teaching. If you are supporting your child's life, And I don't mean giving them a gift or briefly helping them in a time of emergency or a time of need. I mean, if you are their primary support system, if you are the ones that are keeping them afloat, if you are the ones that are giving them shelter, food, transportation, if you are the ones that are supporting their life, then you are also supporting, whether you like it or not, their lifestyle. And if you're supporting their lifestyle, then biblically, as parents, you are responsible for them, and they are responsible to you. No matter their age, if they're 24 and they're living in your basement, then they're still under your authority. Their lifestyle is still your responsibility and you're still called by God to be their parents. If you don't like having that responsibility as a parent anymore, then it's time to shepherd your children well towards finding some great deals on apartments and jobs in the area. But until then, until a child is able to support themselves in their own life and their own lifestyle... One of the primary ways they are called to exalt Jesus Christ above all for the watching world to see is by obeying their parents in everything. Which brings us at last to the why. Okay, why is this command of children to obey their parents given to these children here in Colossians and to us this morning? Well, the answer is first because of who they were. Who they were. Children are told here to obey their parents because, frankly, they need to hear it. <laughs> Obedience just does not happen naturally for kids. It didn't happen naturally for me. I'm just speaking for myself. Why is that? First, because children are born sinners. Unlike what our culture says, that children are born a blank slate, and it's the environment that spoils them. Scripture teaches a completely different story. Psalms 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in the state of iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Children come into this world with an innate bias to act against the desires and commandments of God. You don't have to teach your kids to throw fits or temper tantrums or steal toys or push their siblings or ignore or disobey their parents. That comes naturally. Why? Because they are born in sin. Adam's fall. In Adam's fall, we sinned all. So that comes naturally because they're born sinners. Second, because they're born foolish. Proverbs 22, 19 says this, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Children come into this world with foolishness bound up in their hearts, and if you spend any time around kids, you know this to be true. They say and do the craziest things. As the father of two boys, I can strongly attest to this fact. And when they hurt themselves, and they inevitably will, you run up to them and you ask them this question, what in the world were you thinking? And you can see by the blank expression on their face that they weren't thinking anything at all. (laughs) Completely mindlessly doing an activity that they thought was great in that moment. They were doing and saying things however they want, whenever they want to do it. And again, you don't have to teach kids (laughs) to do that. It comes for free. And what is it? It is mindless, thoughtless foolishness. And it's just bound up in there. And maturity is slowly extracting that foolishness from the heart of your child. If it's not disciplined and instructed out of them, it's going to stay in there. They're going to keep doing things and saying things whenever and however they want to. Unless you, as a parent, understand your role. Children are born sinners and they are born foolish. And so that's one of the reasons I think that this command is given to for children to obey their parents is because of who these children were. But secondarily and more more directly this command is given because of who these children are. We must remind ourselves that this letter is written to believers That is, it is written to those children that have come to understand the glory of Christ, that have come to sense his worth and have put their faith in him for their salvation. This is to whom this commandment is given. To children that recognize that Jesus is their Lord. They've been born again because of it. This command is given to children who have been given ears to hear and who have, as Romans 6:17 says, become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching that is found in God's word. This command is given to those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and now want to walk in him and follow him as their Lord all their days. I mean, this is given to kids that want to live life for the glory of God. And this is, why, this is why the reason Paul gives here as to why these children ought to obey their parents in everything, he says, because this what? It does what? Pleases the Lord. See, that's the strongest reason I could ever give to someone who's been born again of why they ought to obey this command. Because when God sees you hear your parents' instruction and he sees you obey, it pleases him. It pleases him. And Paul knows that those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, those children want to do exactly that. They want to please Jesus. And so, young person, do you want to please Jesus by how you live? Don't ignore this foundational command obey your parents in everything. We don't see this today, do we? We live in a culture described by Romans 1, 1 Timothy 3 children who are disobedient to their parents who despise authority and do not want to submit to those whom God has put over them, I want to encourage you children, young people, this is how you make a stand for Jesus Christ. This is how you get people to ask questions. Why are you living the way you're living? And you get to say, it's because I believe that Jesus is Lord and he's given me my parents and his wisdom and he's teaching me to trust him by obeying them. Obey your parents and everything. And by the way, I want to encourage you, this is what Jesus did. If you recall back in Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph lost lost track of Jesus when he was a child of probably 12 years of age. And after finding him in the temple, Mary asked him, how could you treat us like this? Like a true mom, right? Weren't you thinking of us? And Jesus replies, didn't you know I have to be about my father's business? And you know what? The verse says next, they didn't understand what he was saying right? I mean, they were clueless. His parents were clueless in that moment. They didn't understand what he said. They didn't understand what Jesus was going through as a young person, why he was doing what he's doing. I mean, if you want to put it this way, his parents were on another planet, right? He was living for the glory of God. They were off concerned about him for physical reasons, right? Now, but then you have to ask yourself a question, man, even though Jesus was completely misunderstood by his parents, what did he do? Did that keep him from obeying his parents? Nope. The very next verse says this in Luke 2.51. And he went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was submissive to them. See, Jesus obeyed his parents in everything. It pleases, because Jesus obeyed his parents in everything, it pleases him immensely when he sees you as a child in the same role he was once in, walking in the same footsteps he once walked. It pleases him. And this is ultimately why you should want to obey your parents, not because you need their wisdom and advice, though of course you do, as we've already seen from Scripture. There's a maturing process that has to happen. God is sovereignly giving you your parents to help you with that. It's not because you should obey your parents because it will go well with you if you obey, though of course it will, as Ephesians 6 verse 3 says. No, I want to challenge you this morning that you ought to obey your parents parents in everything, because this is an action that always pleases the Lord. Some of you I can't help but think are children that are getting, you know, older and you're starting to ask yourself, "What is God's will for my life? What is he calling on me to do?" Here it is in God's word. Obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. For as you submit to their authority, to the parents that Christ has given you, you submit to Christ himself, and you show the world around you that Jesus Christ is above all, yes, even over your parents. Isn't that what you want to do? Don't you want to honor Christ and show the world that he is the one of indescribable power and worth, the one who is able to save all those who call on him in faith? Don't you want to show everyone around you that Jesus Christ is above all in everything that you say and do? Then scripture is clear, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So let me ask some applicational questions here. To you who are in the role of child this morning, these are going to get really deep. Ready for this? Is your room clean? Did you make your bed this morning? Are you being truthful with your parents? When they ask you questions, for some of the older ones, did you bring the car home last night on time like you said you would? Are you obeying your parents in everything? When's the last time, children, you might have seen your mom dealing with something or seen your dad begin a job? When's the last time you bore some of the burden for your mom or did something around the house for your dad? Not because they were going to pay you for it, but because you wanted to please the Lord. What needs to change in your life in order for you to please Jesus more in your role as a child? You know what, children? How about after church today? You ask your parents how you can obey them better and thus please the Lord and exalt him more highly in your life. As a family, because we're in this together as we're going to see next week as parents. Because you see, all of this has to do directly to Jesus Christ being above all. For the woman to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, she says, I will submit to following my husband, for this pleases the Lord. For the man to live under the lordship of Christ, he says, I will submit to loving my wife because I know that this pleases the Lord. And for the child to live under the lordship of Christ, they say, I will submit to obeying my parents in everything because I know this pleases the Lord also. And that's the ultimate reason for why we are living our lives by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's for the glory of God alone so that whatever you do in word or deed, you do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is how you exalt Christ above all in your family as a child. Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Next week, we'll look at how to exalt Christ above all as parents, but for now, this is the word of God from Colossians 3, verse 20, which I now commit to your further study and your faithful obedience until Christ returns for his own. To that end, let's pray as the men come forward for communion. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And uh, Father, we thank you for the weight of conviction it brings. For even as I teach to children, as I immediately consider how this affects me as a parent. So Father, I pray that you would help us to live lives in our family for the honor and glory and exaltation of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would help us as parents demonstrate that spirit of submission that we ask our own children to follow in. Help us to lead the way even as we follow Christ so that they might even see clearly from us the paths that they must walk. Finally, Father, I do want to pray for those in this congregation that are in that position, that role as a child. Father, I pray that they would not look down on their role, but that they would realize there is a glorious calling for the position that they have right now, that right now they can honor and exalt Jesus, that they can show the world that he is great and wondrous simply by how they respond to their parents. Father, I pray that you would give them increasingly a heart of submission and obedience to us as their parents, so that one day, Father, when they step out from under our care, they would have that same heart of obedience and submission in all things to you, so that as finely tuned arrows, they would fly straight and true for the glory and honor of Jesus. Give them grace. Father, give them grace to follow Jesus in this way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.